Hey, welcome to my basement, everybody. Hey, Hello, Lucas. Scott Jones. How are you? Welcome to the basement. Nice to see you. I can't believe how incredible the weather Incredibly has been. Incredibly good looking I am, yes. Yeah, that, what else? well, I got over that. No, we've been out in the field shooting top 100s, and every day I come home and my arms are baked. Yep, farmer's tans. But my face is fine because I have all that makeup on, so it's no It's so problems. funny when I take my, my top off when I go home and I look in the mirror. Yeah. It looks like just a head and two disembodied arms floating because the middle section of me, ghost white. So you blend in with your bathroom wall? It's kind of scary. Right. Yeah, listen, I, I don't know if you can hear this out there, but... Uh, can you hear our tans? Bong. What is that? Bong. What is that? Well, it's the end of the summer movie season. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's right. We've what seen a them shit all. summer. Yeah, we have seen them all. It was, nothing yeah, it left. was a bit deflating. I mean, there was some fun, but oh nothing... God so uh, revolutionary or nothing that took our breath away. I mean, that one-two punch of Avengers and Looper last year was it, man, and they, there was nothing like that. Yeah, Hollywood is fucked. Let me tell you something. We've been doing our 100 greatest films of all time. We're going back and looking at, I mean, and maybe that's part of it because all of these films just seem so, they seem to be left Permanent. wanting and small right. next to all these great yes, movies that yeah. we're watching day in and day out in the mm -hmm. name of preparing for these uh, for these shows. And, and uh but you know, I, I think even without that, I, I, you know, it wasn't a fun summer. It wasn't a great summer. It was a lot of, st you know, I just felt like there were there were there was so much redundancy between the movies. So many of the same shots over well, and over. So and what, over you know, again. overall, what was your favorite summer or favorite summer movie? Was it the uh, Seth Two Rogen? Guns, maybe. No, come on, the Seth Rogen movie. I, I didn't see that one. Oh, this is the end. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I know it's not for everybody, and you have to be fans of all of those guys in order to, to get some enjoyment out of it. But I, I love all those guys. Uh, I think they're all super talented. They're I wish that, that we were friends, but we're, you know the truth is... We have to have not, a lot more money. I'm not friends, friends with them. them. Yeah. And I never will be friends well, with them. Well, we'd have to move to Hollywood and, and be rich. But Bill, Bill Hader is getting bigger now. He's yeah. not in the movie, but maybe I can catch him on his way up. Okay. I can friend him now before he gets try to be too big. Try Skyping him. Uh, maybe his Skype name is Bill. Even Baruchel's too big now. Bill he, Hader. He won't even return my calls. He won't? Nope. Man. That's the end of it. God, and I what about a, you? What was your favorite movie of the summer? Uh, it was Elysium, which I know you were oh really disappointed with. And, and uh, The more I, I think about it, the more disappointed. Yeah, yeah no, look, I'm, there's big issues with the film, but I just love the world that Blumkamp created. And we've gone over this, but it was my fave. And then my second fave You're was... You're in no mood to fight today. Iron Man 3. Well, <laughs> I, I, I have my taste. You have your my taste. My fave. But, okay, um, keep going. Uh, I still want to see that uh, this is the end. Is that right? That's the name of it? That's the name of it. And yeah. we also saw The World's End, which also let us both down. Yeah. Even the, you know what? Well, the I, review airs today, I think, on the show, so we can talk yeah. about it. Uh, but you know what? I uh, I listened to Mark Marin's WTF podcast. I mean, yep. That's what I do. I, I live a little further away from the studio than I used to, and so I have a longer walk to work. And yep. so I listened to half of it on the way in and the other half on the way out. He interviewed Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg, I just love. Me too. I love that guy. Let's get him on the podcast. I would love to have I that. I would love to be friends with Simon Pegg. He's so smart yep. and he's so articulate and he seems so grateful to be at the station that he's at well, in he's, life. And he talks about he's the incredible fortune that they, I mean, but he also got lucky. I mean, that's. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who are talented who just never get their break. They got their break with Spaced. Yeah. You know, he and Edgar Wright worked on that show together. And Nick Frost. 
and and they uh, you know they've they've made the most of their opportunities. That's the other side of it too. But they you know they got a big break, and he recognizes that. Just the same way you know, there's lots of other talented people out there like you and me. You and I we got a little bit lucky along the way. Absolutely, you know, I think luck is always a little bit part of life. You can work as hard as you can work. And then you got to get a little bit lucky at you, a certain point. You can get, you have to get lucky, and you also have to be consistent, and you have to not drop the ball when the opportunity is thrown your way. You know, you have to be able to sort of pick up the opportunity and and go for it. But I know? don't want to drive people away from our terrific podcast because we do. You, you and I put out a lot of terrific shows together. <laughs> Uh, but Mark Maron's interview with Simon Pegg is well worth seeking out. Yeah, uh, it's I listen. I'm, this is this is going to make me sound like a fan ma- fanboy. Can can we say fan man now? Can uh, I can I turn myself no, into a fan man? No, that sounds weird. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna go with it. I'm fan man. Okay, from now. you're a fan, fan man, man and I'm fanboy. I'm a fan. And, man. We're, and we're and we're fighting crime. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I've listened to it more than once now because I feel like there's so much wisdom in there in that conversation. Well, Just two it, really smart guys it, at the peak of their careers. And that's kind of, uh, I think, you know what, that's emblematic of our, some of our issues with the movie, as people will discover in the review. But I think that we wanted a slightly smarter movie, and the movie kind of reaches for for uh, well-trodden ground especially from these three guys yeah you know like and all of that stuff that they've done before with hot fuzz and Shaun of the dead was fresh and uh, out of nowhere and this was a little bit expected you know and the stuff that was unexpected it's predictable it, you yeah. know as, as soon as it takes a turn at that midway point yes. and then from there on every scene that you see after that you you've seen before yeah and honestly the ways that we get into the action comedy stuff that they have in the movie which is kind of what you know you pay your ticket price for when you get these three on the bill isn't as big as you would want it to be it's not as funny and it's not as action-packed as they've gone before or as you can imagine them with all of the resources of their career allowing them to to go you know like it just didn't go as big in, in as many directions and as many ways as you wanted it Right. Well, I, I mean, I think we expected a more evolved movie. Yeah. We expected something a little more profound. Because some of it is. Some of it is, and yeah. it sort of it sort of touches on some larger issues. But then, at the moment that you expect it to really explore those issues, it it, it winces away from them and moves right. off into a totally familiar territory, easier right. territory for right. the movie to go into. And for these guys who who have very sophisticated tools in their toolbox at this point, they've been working together for a long time. They've been writing together, brainstorming movies together. Um, you're right. I just expected more. It's, yeah. it's not, it's not fresher or more interesting or more mature than Shaun of the Dead. Not even close. Yeah. I don't think so. I think Shaun of the Dead is a, is a much better movie. I think it's a better movie than Hot Fuzz. And, the, and this movie is of the three of them. This is this is the the, the least yeah. of the three. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because because yeah. these guys, I I still love these guys. I'll see them in anything. Yep. Me too. Even if they're not working together, I'll still see them. Simon Pegg's in anything. Nick Frost is in anything. Edgar Wright directs Agreed. anything. Agreed. I am there for these guys until the end. But this movie, all this movie did was make me wish that I still drank. I mean, I, I miss <laughs> drinking so much, and I wish that I could go on this pub crawl, but I just know I can't, I can't live that way anymore, that there's nothing good. There's only the Gary King you know, prize at the end, which, yeah. is, which is there's nothing. You just wind up being a loser. So. You know? We haven't been talking about video games too much on the podcast the last little while. We've talked a little bit about about Kingdom Rush. Uh, Well, the 
the top 100 stuff that we've been shooting has been taking all of our time and we've really kind of been crunching over the last few weeks trying to get ahead on shooting it uh, i think partially in anticipation of the uh the new machines and the new stuff that's coming out it does we are at the end of a cycle we're at the start of yeah. a new cycle and it, it does feel like that doing the top 100 games is a way to sort of say goodbye to maybe a, a, a previous era and, and pr maybe previous versions of ourselves. Totally. If you, want, you, if know, you want to get sophisticated. If, look, everything sort of just played out that it was the perfect time to do all of this stuff. And I love the feedback on the top 100. It's been incredible to read. Even if people except, hate our choices. Yeah, except for the jerks. Yeah, or they hate that we're doing it or they hate that we're using old game. I, I love all of the reasons why we're doing it, by the way. So I, there's no hate that you can send my way that will, you know, dismount my enjoyment of this whole process but one of the things that i am really looking forward to is jumping back on games because in the last little while i've been taking slivers of my life to jump into saints row jump into disney infinity we've actually got a review of that coming up very soon and also uh uh splinter cell blacklist and those are three pretty damn in, in my opinion in my estimation pretty terrific listen, august video listen, games yeah for august they are pretty good but listen yeah. I have a confession to make. Yeah. This isn't going to make you happy. What's that? I never finished The Last of Us. Oh, dude. I never got to the end. Oh, man. And so the last weekend, I sat down, and uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I put in the time and plowed all the way through to the end, and uh, and and then I tried to play Saints Row 4 after that. <laughs> and uh, you can't do that. No, like, you can't, I, I you was can't looking play at the all the other games in my collection, even Splinter Cell Blacklist. Like I don't, I, I, I looked at everything and I thought, you know what, my my appetite for games is back, and and it and it's, you know, I'm craving games. And then all I ended up doing was starting a new game plus. In oh, The Last of Us, there's uh, yeah. no there's no other place I wanted you to go. You can't climb to the top of the mountain and then go oh to God. a game that the kind very of end when parodies video games in a way. The whole thing ending for... with Joel's lie. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say anything more than that. But yeah. just ending with that moment is is so mature yeah. and profound. Yeah. And it's a it's a story, man. Like it's a real Jesus Christ. It's a real. Like blew my head clean off there's like a modern myth in the way that they put that together like it's a it borrows from stuff that we're we're really familiar with but the the you know in the same emotional context as as anything that robert kirkman has done with the walking dead i mean it, it's it's up to that stature you know like it is but i want all games to be that good I, now i know and now what do i do how do i go back how do i what else how am i going to play this other stuff i don't, you know i'm playing saints row 4 and it's just fucking absurd and i'm it's, just feel so stupid i feel it's i feel a, myself getting it's dumber it's like the naked gun as a video game i know yeah, it's you, stupid but it's you not know what funny or Wait, entertaining well here's what we, we need gaps man and we need smaller titles we need kingdom rush breaks you know you need to play like that's why i love jumping into star wars pinball on the uh on the iPad, you know, I like to to play little bits and pieces of different I wanna, things. I want to talk about one special moment from the game. I love hunting the deer. Yeah, I know. I love the way the whole game just stops and makes you fucking hunt this deer. I, I, I love that. How bold is that major, from an artistic point of view? Major Last of Us spoilers in this, by and the way. And then the other thing. But the giraffe sequence. Well, the giraffe's nice, but listen, Fuck, there's, this, there's the sequence where Ellie is alone in yeah. the village, and she's there's there's just bad guys everywhere. I'm gonna blow your mind. Right no, now. listen, I'm not. Okay, done. Okay. And so I didn't know how to get through this sequence. Yeah. And so I thought she's not powerful enough to take these guys down. She, I have to somehow run through here and get out of there. Try and die. Try and die. 45 minutes went by. 
I whittled down two guys. I whittled down four guys. I got to the bathroom. I'm hiding in the bathroom. I threw one of my bombs out there. They walked into my bombs. I've got two guys left. I died all the way back to the beginning. I whittled down two guys, whittled down. I have never had more fun or been more terrified or been more stressed than I was playing through that sequence in the game. I mean, that is the sweet spot. That is why I spent 15 hours playing that game. Are you looking at your phone? What are you doing? Over I there? am because Nolan North is in The Last of Us, and I just want to make sure because he's totally unrecognizable. And yeah, he's does. the bad guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's the bad guy, and you don't you don't he, they don't even really make use of his Nolan Northness. Yeah, he's and I even like the the boss fight at the end too. I mean, it's it's not really a typical boss fight. It's it's they realize they still have to do something that makes it feel game like. Yeah. And, uh, and But it doesn't go over the top. He doesn't mutate into a fucking monster. Nothing crazy happens. You just kind of have to watch him mm-hmm. and wait and pick your moment. And I love that burning restaurant that you're in at the end. I mean, every step of the way, the entire game had a terrific sense of place. I know. Like, I, and then I go to how fucking can, Saints can, Row 4. I'm like, what am I doing? This is, what's, I, mean, I don't want what, to. What else can be Game of the Year besides The Last of Us? I mean, well, I know we have big titles coming. I know we have, you know, Assassin's Creed 4, and we have. That's uh, not going to be Game of the you, Year. You know, uh, the Grand Theft Auto 5. And, There's and no game that's going to go Dogs. further in the, in, what in, a, the, in the name of, of giving us actual characters, right. people to care about, a story to care about parts of the game that are frustrating, parts of the game that anger you, yeah. parts of the game that make you want to quit. I mean, this was an emotional tour de force. Yep, absolutely incredible. Well, we need all kinds of games, and actually right now we're going to be talking with someone that built a small game that oh, yeah. really broke into our hearts in a very, very big way. We're talking to Ryan Holowaty from Noodle Kick. Please welcome to the basement, Ryan Holowaty. He is the master of the universe at Noodle Cake Games. How you doing, brother? Not too bad. I don't mind that title either. Yeah, welcome. You can put that on your business card. That's cool. Ryan, before we go any further, what kind of name is Holowaty? And if you're playing Uh, along at home, it is H-O-L-O-W-A-T-Y. That, my friend, is deep Ukrainian. Uh, It's... Actually, in the motherland, it's a it's a V. It's Halavati, which Halavati. apparently I've been told is like Smith over there. But okay, I guess we lost we lost the uh, the V in translation well, years ago. It's a beautiful name, and oh, thank uh, you. and you guys have made a beautiful game there at uh, Noodle Cake. You guys have done it and done it again, and uh, somehow, some way. Vic is uh, Vic is over there jamming. I'm, I love the music in Super Stick Man Golf too. Did you do this, Ryan? Uh, no, no, I can't take credit for that. Um, the Halawati theme song? It's so cool. It's <laughs> yeah, you know, no. It should be our podcast theme music. It's awesome. Well, they're using it already. Oh, Super right. Super Stickman Golf. That's true, right? I mean, <laughs> some copyright. Yeah, no, we had a couple guys, actually. Um, most of the music was done by uh, this guy named Whitaker Trebella, who's actually a Whitaker game Whitaker Trebella, listen to these names. Yeah, wow. he, just, he just actually released uh, Pivot. I'm not sure if you, if you uh, played that. It, it was just on the show. Very cool. Yeah, and it's got super awesome music as well. So he actually got started doing uh, game music for, for mobile games, and we had him on Stick Off 1, and then he came on with 2 and did most of the music. But the theme song you're hearing actually is done by a, a guy locally who's a brother-in-law of one of the guys on the Noodle Cake team. So... It was that's, a cool submission he just I gave love us. And, about this game is uh, is it has a, a home cooked quality. 
Me too. Oh, feels absolutely. like it feels like it's something that came from. It's like the, the stuff your mom cooks upstairs well, in, the, the, in the kitchen and sends down to the basement for us. There's also a uh, there's warmth in it. There's heart, and there's also a sense of permanence about it, as if it was an artifact that was unearthed that had always been around. It just yeah, feels like this franchise that has like been an, here since the beginning it's of like video games. Like an arcade games. game from 1979 that we just never discovered. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to look at it. <laughs> was that the design doc? Was that something that you guys specifically set out to do when you created Must the first be game? Timeless. Yeah, timeless. That was the number one, the number one thing we were thinking. Um, no, I mean it's just I don't know. We just made games that we wanted to play, you know, and uh, and we took a simple arcadey concept and and just kind of expanded on that. And the first version of the game, Stick Off One, was kind of more of a prototype to see if we were actually onto something, and hmm. people seemed to like it. And so I know hopefully you can tell that. Stick Off 2 is kind of just a iteration on that with a little bit more time and money put into it to try and make it, you know, a little bit more substantial. We'll flesh it out a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, I got a question for you. Uh, obviously, the first game was a breakout hit, and uh, the sequel has come along now, and there were some expectations, and you guys really did deliver with a terrific sequel. Are you guys getting, you know, more leg now because you're <laughs> you're better known in the video game industry? I mean, you guys must be getting People laid make all the time for the babes. That's right. Well, no, that's, that's the only that's, reason to make. The only games. reason it's the babes and the money, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's funny in in Saskatoon here. Uh, people don't really. Uh, Making video games isn't really something that's on most people's radar around here. You can so walk into any barroom or tavern, or you know. Yeah, you'd think that would work around here. Hey, but I make honest, video I've games. Hey, baby. A noodle, a noodle cake shirt has been recognized more times in San Francisco than it has been in Saskatoon. Oh, I believe that. Yeah, so. that makes sense. Well, tell us about noodle cake. I mean, where did where did you guys come from? Did you have any roots in video game development? Did you come from other studios and and like did some people move back to golf? Saskatoon? Does and, anyone golf there? Yeah, like what's, uh, what's the history of the of the group? Actually, golfing. Yes, uh, the crew. Actually, every Wednesday morning, which today when this is being recorded, everybody goes out and has a round. So, oh, that's awesome. Uh, but uh, no, actually, roots none. Um, most of us grew up um, locally or within, you know, a couple hours of Saskatoon. Yeah. Um, and uh, five of us. There's only eight guys at Noodle Cake, which a lot of people think there's a lot more. But uh, that's just surprising. Um, I thought there would be more. Yeah. No. <laughs> I've seen studios with more people put out lesser games. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, five of us actually, we started working together. Um, quite a few years back at just a web development firm in the city and we all kind of got to know each other and and uh, it was basically when Mr. Jobs changed everything with the app store um, we decided we wanted to try and take a crack at making some apps and at the time games were kind of the big go-to and and it was a coincidence because all of us were you know gamers, gamers from way back yeah, for and sure it was a fit that seemed to just be perfect so it's like let's decide to to try something and and it all kind of evolved out of that. The first, the first iterations of Stick Golf were done spare time, and and uh, there was no studio to speak of, and it was all kind of a labor of love, and without any like venture capital money or anything like that. And we just kind of worked at it for a couple of years, and and you know it paid off for us in the end. And so, what is the situation with your company now? Is that something that you are, are you guys financed, uh, you know, from outside, or is this all still just you know you're you're bootstrapping it from the money that you're earning from your it's games? A personal question. Well, I'm, I, I mean, I'm I, what I'm hoping to do with this conversation is kind of encourage. Uh, you know more development and more sort of creativity in this space. Oh, and, I see. And, you know, and you want people to believe. Yeah. Okay. People to believe and be inspired because I think this is an incredibly inspiring story. 
Yeah, no, well, we're uh, we're 100% uh, bootstrapped right now. Um, every every dime we make off stick golf comes right to us. So it uh, it's been it's been good. I mean, it it's you know not to scare anybody off. It's, it was a lot of hard work, and but it, like you said, it, it really pays off. And I feel like you know those shows like Dragons Den and stuff glamorize the whole business starting process these days, and yeah. they kind of leave out the whole you know you actually got to work hard at stuff, and and it paid off and. You know, we don't owe anybody any money anymore, which is, or we never have. Um, but there were some some tough times going through all this, like yep. any startup. But yep. um, stick with it, and you know, you, you never know what's going to happen. I so. think it's very emblematic of of the evolution of or de-evolution of the app store, for, mm-hmm. f- because I mean, you look at these the visuals in this game, and and they couldn't. They're literally just stick figures. Yeah, and, and it really. I don't know if you guys were the first one, but it did seem like there was. There were a whole bunch of these stick figure kind of action games for a while, and you guys really did separate from the pack. Yeah, I think one of the main things that's funny too is if you look at our guy, our stick guy, compared to what the other stick characters are, he doesn't really look like them. There, he's a lot fatter and you know has a weird rounded shape to him. But um, it was all done basically on the you know it was playing around with the physics engine at the time, trying to trying to make something work and and it was you know if, if you couldn't tell there's some obvious influence from you know games like worms golf and stuff in there and uh it was you know we were playing around with that type of physics model mm. and we just needed something as a place filler yeah. and so did some simple art for it and and to be honest we actually kind of pigeonholed ourselves into the branding because when stick golf came out it was just that it was an experiment to see if we could make this golf game with like a little stick figure and and it did well enough that it didn't make sense for us to drop that name. And even when we went into Stick Golf 2, we had, you know, serious talks about changing the branding and changing the name because of somewhat of a negative connotation towards stick figure games. And we didn't want to be pigeonholed into that. Yeah, but you but guys owned it, it, you know, when you kick yeah, ass that's or the something. Thing. Yeah. We, we, yeah, exactly. We decided to just own up to it and, yeah. and just stuck with it. And that's why we have the new characters and stuff in this one, too, that try and, you know, give some variety to it to show that, you know, we're not just a, a simple stick figure thing, you know. Yeah. But, I don't know if you've heard this story or if uh, Ben Silverman or Jose oh, I love this story. have told you this, <laughs> but when you guys, and I don't know if our, uh, you know, our audience has heard this, but when you guys released Super Stickman Golf, uh, it was right around the, uh, a, uh, one of the E3 critics tours, and that's a tour where a bunch of the top um, you know, critics from the industry, from a bunch of the biggest outlets, IGN, Game Informer, GameSpot, Kotaku, everybody gets together. They get shuttled around to different... Uh, you know events and we get behind the scenes looks at all of this upcoming the veil stuff that, is lifted yeah, yeah. For the sneak stuff, peeks a little bit earlier than e3 so that some of the judging process around all of the titles that get launched at e3 can start you know a little bit sooner than just at the show floor it's a great thing that jeff Keeley and rob smith put together every year um super stickman golf came out and everybody on the tour all of the people i i wasn't on that tour this was just told uh you know secondhand from uh, jose and ben they were all addicted to your game, and everybody was playing the multiplayer and challenging each other, trying to get the top scores, and it became the game of that tour, yeah. even though everybody was looking at all this incredible AAA, next... multi-million yeah. <laughs> dollar, 250-person team. We've outsourced this to Korea. We've outsourced yeah. that to China. We're pulling it all together, and everyone's playing your game. How does that feel? <laughs> uh, it's pretty awesome. We're actually, I'm aware of this story just because... Uh, First of all, when it, it started um, and E3 was going on, obviously we were 
watching and, and paying attention to all the news leading up to E3. And uh, I remember starting to just see our Twitter feed and just a Twitter search going on for stick golf at the time that just is always kind of running to see what people are saying. And we kept starting to see these these tweets from you know people we were you know reading about like we read daily and they're like oh you know stick golf game of game of e3 and we're like what how did this happen (laughs) and uh and then it actually i I found out that it was actually um russ frustick from polygon yeah who initially started everything he was with i think mtv uh games at the time or something that's right and kind of got onto the game and then he uh he was the one who introduced it on the bus, and then it kind of just spread like wildfire. And then next thing we knew, that was all anybody was talking about for that trip. So That's it was awesome. kind of one of those perfect storm scenarios for us. You got perfect amount of uh, press coverage from every outlet out there, including ours. And we all fell in love with the game, and now we're infatuated with the sequel. Yeah, and, and the thing that I think really uh, enamors the game and uh, your company to people is the fact that you guys release these terrific updates that just, I mean, you think you've already gotten the game and you've gotten what you've paid for, and then, whoa, 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 wait a second. It's like being stopped on the way out the store and being given something free. Yeah. And you guys are so terrific about that. Tell me some of the thinking that goes into, you know, this this over-delivering of a product. Um, I mean, it could just be maybe our Saskatchewan demeanor. I don't know. But, You're uh, nice Canadians. We're just too nice. Yeah, I don't know. It's For us, it, it, it's definitely one of those things that when customers are supporting our product like that and players are, are so into it, uh, it's not very hard for us to want to give them more. So when we did the first stick golf and the amount of updates we had, you know, that was something that unfortunately <laughs> when it's not a, a big problem, but when, when the E3 stuff happened, you know, it was kind of near the end of that game's life cycle, to be honest. And we had already released a few level packs from there. So the amount of content that, you know, these guys were finding out for the first time was pretty staggering. And uh, so when we launched stick golf two, you know, we had to par back, you know, our expectations a little bit and say this is, you know, we, we can't release with 250 holes like we had the last game because it's just we're never going to get it done. But we wanted to make sure that if the game was good, of course, and people liked it, we would continue to, to support it and give out more and more courses because it's something that obviously makes the game what it is and, and what we're known for, and we wouldn't want to shy away from that. Well, tell us a little bit about the game's business business right now, and uh, obviously you guys adapted the uh, in-app purchase model a little bit with Stickman Golf 2. Uh, what is the state of our industry right now from your perspective? Um, it's shifting. I mean, right now, I mean, in general, in gaming, with the new consoles coming and everything, it's, it's, a, I, I, it's tough to know. It's exciting. You know, and especially with things like Ouya showing up now, and and uh, people making these stabs at you know smaller games on TV, and and the support of the indie scene on consoles and things like that. So it's uh, I feel like the middle tier is kind of falling out a little bit, mm-hmm. and it's it's turning more into you know smaller independent teams, mainly just because of the fact that you can still be profitable and support it, and you know there's still obviously a business to making games that needs to be you know adhered to, and so. If you can't make a giant blockbuster game that's going to, you know, turn your revenue for you, it does make more sense financially and business-wise to do something smaller. So I think that's why you're seeing, obviously, so many big studios breaking up and going under and, and little teams popping up here and there. And and consumers are changing, in my opinion, too, quite a bit because there's so many gamers, especially because of mobile, that don't identify themselves as gamers. But those people actually make up more 
of the consumers playing your game than the people who identify as gamers. So there, I think people are trying to find ways to talk to them better, and that's why you're seeing Plants vs. Zombies going freemiumed like crazy for the sequel here recently and things like that because they know that they can reach such a wider breadth of people if it's free than if they were to do it a premium paid game. Yeah, it's sort of analogous to advertising and television, I guess, in some ways, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, except that the the spots, the commercials are built right into the entertainment and you just buy it right from there. I mean, do you, as a gamer, do you have any offense to this in-app purchase kind of world that we're living in right now? I mean, you guys have obviously sort of had to adopt it with your game, but as somebody that's played it, video games for a long time, is it something that kind of makes your skin crawl at the same time? It, it can. I mean, it, you know, there's, there's things that people can do, obviously, that, that are just purely exploiting users yeah. and, and players. And, it's just, and that's obviously gross, and we don't want to do that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, we're very careful with how we do that stuff. But, you know, there is a bottom line to this in some regards that, you know, you can make the best game you possibly could, but there's a lot of noise out there, too, especially if you're a mobile developer. And if, if it's not seen and you put in all this time and it's a premium game for 10 bucks and no one's ever heard of you and you can't market it and it fails, you're not going to get to make another game. And totally. so for us, it's balancing, you know, we want to continue doing this as a job because we love it. So sometimes you have to do things that, you know, we, we, I wouldn't say are unethical, but they're just different because it's the way the industry is right now and it's the way the market is. And that market is dictating you know, this is the way you make revenue. And so that's how we kind of have to adapt to it. Hey, Ryan, I want to do uh, a little role play with you. Nothing nothing kinky or anything like that, but uh, <laughs> but are you ready? Um, <laughs> All right. So I'm a, I'm a young guy. I, uh, I worked at a large game company uh, for a long time, and I, I just got laid off, and I want to, you know, make my own video game, and I've got a vision and idea for what I want to do. Uh, what advice can you give me? Where should I go? What should I do? Who should I talk to? Um, I would say, first of all, you know, try and build something, even if it's something on paper. Um, you know, we, we kind of mm -hmm. live to the ideas are useless uh, philosophy. And if you can actually show me something and, and have something, then that's the first step. Okay. And that's, that's kind of what stick was like. You got that? On so, paper. Got it. Give me, give me something that, that I can get my head around. Don't just tell okay. me I've got this great idea. So sketches uh, and maybe like uh, some sort of design document, something like that? Uh, there's so many things online, even simple prototyping stuff. I mean, it's, it's, I'm, I'm a business guy at our office, and, and I can prototype stuff out in Keynote and make game demos for people to just look at. So anybody can do this stuff. The tools are available, that's for sure. So... I'm also uh, I'm also a Scorpio, and I <laughs> okay, okay. enjoy walks on the beach. <laughs> That's uh, Match.com is what uh, you're I'm looking a, for. A, okay, Ryan's not the guy to talk to. Yeah, no, okay. Match Match.com. Um, so yeah, I would do that, and then just talk to talk to people in the industry. I mean, especially guys network, that are kind of more in our position, like go smaller to GDC. teams, indies. Okay, go to GDC, absolutely. Yeah, that helped us a lot the first time we ever went there. Um, we got to meet people that were other developers and people in the media, like you guys, that we would, you know hound to try and get coverage from initially and, and we never could but then i had a little sit down with uh the justin over at ign who's the mobile editor and next thing we knew you know he's do this at gdc oh my god that's tim schaefer <laughs> pretty much yeah yeah we saw like <laughs> yeah, gabe newell and things like that, that. Yeah. kind of freaked out yeah. <laughs> oh my god well that's the cool thing about the video game business is that people are very accessible and approachable and and generally there is uh 
uh, not a tremendous amount of, of celebrity or crazy there, ego. There are some dicks, but the, the list is pretty short. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's really an accepting group. I think because video games, as everybody knows that builds them, is are, are incredibly difficult to make. And people that have the tenacity to, to uh, stick with it and build something that uh, kind of resonates even, you know, just one product or even just for a little while, I, there's always a great deal of hat tip and respect for people like that. I have to ask about Absolutely. Noodle Cake and uh, um, you know Super Stickman Golf and and other games for sure, but specifically Stickman Golf. Are we going to see this thing on the Vita and the 3DS? Are we going to see this on on traditional gaming platforms? Or are you guys going to kind of stick with the uh, uh, the mobile and and you know Ouya's and other kinds of things like that? It's always a possibility. I mean, if if it makes sense for us and uh, we can you know spare the time to do it, and and it's it's something that has a high enough demand. Yeah. Um, for the product, then then absolutely. I mean, we would we would love to see the game on on Vita. To be honest, I would love to have it on a on a handheld. And and who knows with especially with the way the the PS4 indie kind of crossplay stuff that's going on. I mean, it seems like if one's on Vita, one's going to be on the system too, which would be awesome. pretty mind blowing for us to think that something we made would be on a, a major console like that. I, I have a question. I think for it'll you. happen. I have a question. Well, we'll wait and see, Vic. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm, wants I'm waiting all the time. I do. Uh, so uh, you guys are based in, in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Yep. Uh, what, could you guys? Would you guys have made the same game if you were, you know, based in New York or in Florida? Or is there something about something in the water, in the air, in Saskatoon that has gotten into that game and, and influenced and in, in the game in some uh, in some tangible way? Um, you know, it it, it could just kind of harken back to being such a small place you kind of got to make fun out of whatever you have and it's simple fun and that's kind of what the game is and that's kind of what small is it there I love, have you been there i love saskatoon it's yeah, a great city from there right yeah it's a great yeah, city yeah. i did a cross I mean, canada well, tour when i was a kid and and uh that was one of the most memorable places i went to i really liked the city great vibe it never says I, anything i grew up nice. in a town of 1200 people so i mean it's uh i come from a pretty small small roots okay I've been to Kindersley, Saskatchewan, and I what enjoyed that. Oh, yeah? yeah? What's that? That's a couple Sorry, hours away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's Ryan very is, small. Ryan is apologizing <laughs> for that one. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about uh, other types of games. I know you guys made something that seemed to be like an ode to uh, Moon Patrol, but do you have, uh, what was that game called? Uh, that was Lunar Racer. Lunar Racer, um, which was That was, was fun. actually kind of more of a, a, a I don't know. It's one thing that we we also kind of key towards at the office, and I don't know why this is, but it's it's multiplayer. Yeah. We really like, uh, you know, having fun with friends, and that's something that with mobile devices is kind of tough, and and you don't see a lot of games doing it just because there's a lot of networking challenges and things. So we kind of wanted to take the classic feeling and franticness of like Mario Kart that everybody kind of compared the race mode and stick golf to, and actually apply it to a vehicle-based game, and yeah. that was kind of the the iteration of that. Plus. You know, I think at the time, Tiny Wings had just come out, so there was kind of an influence there with the the curviness of and the you know the rounded world type type levels and things like that. So it was kind of more of an experiment in in you know a kart racer, more traditional way, anyways. So do you guys have other kinds of concepts up your sleeve, or are we going to be uh, veering away from? You can't from, talk about that. He's a little bit. This is what this is about. He's being <laughs> interviewed. You can't tell us that. Tell us some secrets, Ryan. Come on. Well, we do have. Not one, but two Oculus Rifts at the office right now. Very um, cool. so Draw whatever some... conclusions you want to draw from that. <laughs> but uh, we, we might see Super Stickman's butt. 
But, well, I don't know. It may not be a stick everything game, in but... 3D. Yeah, All right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, we might have to get rid of the Stickman moniker <laughs> if we're going to go full <laughs> Oculus. <laughs> so you guys might be making an Oculus Rift game? With well, we have eight, them. I mean, we With just, eight we of you want. guys, what would you do? Don't you have to, uh, like, create a know, whole world? Prototypes. Really? I, I, I think the thing that, I don't know, that kind of sticks out with stick golf is that it doesn't have to be crazy complex. It just has to be fun. Right. Holy so. shit. A 3D stick. So you would be the stick man in, a, in that situation. I have no idea. We're, just, like I said, we've got a ton of different prototypes. Actually, it's just blown my so. mind. I love that we've got this exclusive <laughs> scoop that we're going to have a first-person stickman no golf. Nope, <laughs> it's not a scoop there at all. <laughs> the Sorry, Ryan. Rift next year. You know That's how he incredible. is, Ryan. Ryan, I've, I've got wow. next, next year. It's coming out. Ryan, Ryan, you guys work fast. You want me to hit him with a blow dart? <laughs> I'll take him right down. Ryan, what are you excited about with uh, these new machines coming in and all these games that have been announced and stuff? I mean, it's been, like this week especially, we've got the Gamescom announcements coming in like crazy. What's coming up that you're hyped for? Um, you know, even though the new consoles are kind of the big the big thing right now, um, it kind of happened on the last generation, too. The, the end of the current generation always seems to produce the best stuff, so... I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably the most excited for Grand Theft Auto right now, right. Um, like, like everybody else in the world, I think. That's the um, game we refer to as the month of September. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm, I'm so bad for beating games and playing through games right now. I'm still working at The Last of Us right now, which I'm loving, but I just haven't been able to dedicate the time to getting to that eight hours done or whatever it is. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to say with, uh, with the new, new generation. I'll admit there isn't anything... That's really jumping out at me. Like, I mean, Watch Dogs is going to be on both uh, generations, anyways. So yep. that's something else I'm looking forward to. So as far as exclusives go, I'm not. I don't know if I'm quite there yet, but I mean, that c could change overnight with one announcement. So I'm not. Uh, I'm not worried about it or anything like that. I'm. I'm just looking forward to the new hardware and seeing what people do with it. When you look at a game like Watch Dogs or Grand Theft Auto V, is that something that you? would hope to be on a team to be able to build? Is that something that you'd like maybe aspire to grow Noodle Cake to be a huge know, team they, that they can build something They have their own like niche there. I well, think no, they, I'm, they... I'm questioning because, I mean, I mean, what is, what is that like as a game maker to see a game well, like that? I, th I think the thing with, you know, those games are, are super impressive, but when it comes to building them, it, it, you know, the teams are so big that yeah. you, you kind of, I think you feel like, you know, your, your sense of accomplishment is that you designed that one car that the guy drives. Yeah, you work on level, some guy's shoe you know? for like six months, and that's all you yeah, do. If they are noodle cake, they get to build the whole thing. They own the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there's a, there's a sense of, you know. Rowing um, on a slave ship. Yeah, exactly. That's what I think, yeah, it, but I think it would At the end of the way. day, though, a lot of those guys get to say, I'm, I helped make Grand oh, Theft Auto 5. Yeah, they get laid all the time. You know, they get all the leg. If you're wondering who's yes. getting all the leg, it's the Grand Theft yeah, Auto 5 not, people. Not the Saskatoon noodle cake guys. <laughs> no, that's what's, that's what's wrong. <laughs> so when are you guys going to come out here and uh, party with us down in the basement? Um, I don't know. I think we're open to it any time. <laughs> Does that uh, sound like it sounds, sounded pretty weird, but I think we're game for it. Man. You know what? The ceilings are low. We've got one of those half refrigerators yep. that is always full. We have a broken rock band guitar. Uh, all oh, the drums are there, one? though. Yeah. Oh, the, nice. the drums still work. Yeah, and I actually have that fog machine for rock band, so it'll be a party. That's right. It'll but, be uh, a, we have the movie Drive going 24 hours a day. <laughs> I think what worries me is the, the pit in the corner with the basket and the lotion bottle in it. I don't know what that's all oh about. don't pay any yeah, attention to that 
That's yeah, that's that's where I lotion up. That's the uh, fun. Right. That's the fun spot. <laughs> that's how Vic it's and the fun I. Pit. Yeah. That's how Vic and I maintain our young uh, faces. <laughs> we moisturize it's everything. The, yeah, it's the Lazarus pit. <laughs> oh man, it's so good to hear your voice and uh, and and to uh, to visit with you again, my friend. Yeah, Saskatoon. Was... Saskatoon. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, we can't wait to come out and visit you guys. That would be amazing. Yeah, we want to party with you. Are your ceilings low? Do you have a half fridge out there? If not, we're oh, not yeah. coming. <laughs> oh, we'll accommodate for you. All right. Big hugs to everybody at Noodle Cake. Thank all, you so much, Ryan. All eight of everybody there. We can give them all eight hugs there. That's that's a team we can hug out. Absolutely. Easily. One big group hug. Take care. Can't wait for okay, your next thanks, one. Thanks, guys. All Bye, right. buddy. Bye-bye. Yep. Man, I love that Ryan Holowaty. He's such a good guy. You know what I love? Noodle Cake Games. And I love Super Stickman Golf 2, which could be Game of the Century. <laughs> if only Kingdom Rush didn't come out. I, well, <laughs> I know that is the game I used to play before Kingdom Rush came along. And you know what? I'm going to hazard a guess and say that those guys are probably playing a little bit of Kingdom Rush at the office. Yeah, we have to blend the two. As well. We have to have Kingdom a Rush Defense Golf, golf game. 2. Yes. Yeah, somebody do that. That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. Golf built right into the thing you know what this podcast is yeah free million dollar ideas <laughs> that's what we should start calling it instead of Vic's basement you know what this podcast is what a hell of a lot of fun we are so lucky to be able to talk uh, to why do you have to like make that. it corny we're uh, supposed to make on. it weird at Look, the I'm end you know corny. what this I'm podcast sincere. is you know what you are it's you are a cynical hell of a lot of fun you know if you if we take your cynicism <laughs> and my sincerity you have uh, Something pretty good, I think. You know, you make me yeah. laugh, my friend. I know, I know. You make me cry, I'm, I'm a you make special me laugh, guy. you make me cringe, you make be- me want to throw my toupee on the ground I'm and impor- do a dance on it. <laughs> I'm important to you. I get it. I get it. So I was walking to work today, and, and I walked by uh, uh, one of those convertibles. Yeah. You ever seen those? They got those around the city. Now the yeah. weather's good here. Yeah, the, car, so they got the, the roof comes off. Yeah, would you ever own one of those? No, my hair would fly all over the fucking place. That's what I was thinking. I could, yeah. Like the two of us, we'd be like women in a 1950s movie <laughs> with our kerchiefs over our head and our giant sunglasses well, I, driving around I, I in already, our convertible. I already look like Heat Miser from uh, one of those old Bank and Rass uh, Christmas animated things. You know, but ha- maybe having the top down might improve our hair. Might. We don't know. Might. Shit, ne- here we ne- are talking about hair again. Never going to happen. And why am I walking around thinking about you and me driving around in a convertible? <laughs> I that, don't know. That's the larger, more existential question. I don't know. Maybe we may you, never get the answer to that. Maybe you think we should be in a remake of Miami Vice or something. Or uh, or what's that one with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan? Um, Turner and Hooch. <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here. That was enough for one day, I think. All right. That All right. was an awesome combo, and I can't wait till next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. So long, Stetcher. And also iTunes. And Rate us and tell your friends we need more listeners. Let's yes. get five more listeners F- by next five week. Five more listeners. And remember, put a rubber on it. 